0: I'm McKenna. And together with a Daily ProfCast.
1: We're two long-distance besties who
0: share a love of Harry Potter.
1: We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, this is McKenna. I'm coming to you from the editing room floor, aka my office at home in New Jersey. Erin and I are about to have an amazing conversation with Annika, and you're going to hear that shortly. But I wanted to preface this episode by saying that we're going to talk a lot about a fan fiction called All the Young Dudes. If you're a listener who's 18 and younger, um, if you're interested in this fan fiction, please just consult your guardian or your parent because it does have some mature concepts and themes um, and we don't you know, want to endorse that. We, we want you to make the best decision for you uh, with your adults in your life. Um, and if you're over the age of 18, you know, go for it. Just make sure you read any trigger warnings or anything like that about it. We just wanted to give that preface because we love to keep it clean and family oriented here. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, thanks. Welcome back to the Daily Profcast. I'm McKenna, and you'll hear Aaron's voice, but we have somebody new with us today, which is very exciting um aaron do you want to introduce our
0: special guest absolutely so today we are super privileged to have on with us our buddy Anika. um you may know her if you are a listener who participates in the tiktok realm you may know her as queen of smarts on tiktok <laughs> she's one of our favorite cosplayers she's currently in nursing school she's a member of the lgbtq community or as i've seen it called recently the alphabet mafia which i'm kind of obsessed <laughs> with i love um, it um, and a fun fact about Anika, she lived in Madagascar for a year. And I like did. she said, that was kind of a weird thing to say, but I thought it was cool. So I decided to say it anyway. <laughs> so, everybody, please welcome Anika. Annika, we're so pleased to have you.
2: Thank you. Oh, it's great to be here.
1: <laughs> for the people, how did you get started cosplaying, cosplaying on TikTok? Like, what prompted that for you?
2: Oh, man. Um, really? So, I'm friends with a tiktoker by the name of john bell joe robe um and literally got tiktok for the purpose of just keeping up with one of my good friends um and call it from college um and then just stumbled upon cosplay videos (laughs) and was like that sounds like a fun thing to try um and so i just like basically just i watched a bunch of cosplay videos this was in july and then i posted my very first cosplay video in august of this year and that was like my first attempt and before august of august of this year it's already 2021 august of 2020 (laughs) i hadn't even really like heard of cosplay i'd never really i mean yeah so i don't know it was just kind of like a i'm bored and in quarantine and so that's what i'm gonna do and (laughs) go ahead (laughs) mckenna
1: Moment no, has made us all participate in weird internet things this year. Yeah.
0: Annika, <laughs> so, you and I, and actually um, Neptune's cowboy, uh, our yeah. friends. all got started mm-hmm. on TikTok doing this at the same time. Yeah.
2: We were sort fr- of how
0: we met the original crew. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I remember, oh, what was it? We did like a a little Marauders video, and we each had like 500 followers, and we were like, oh, hey, friends. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Lots it's of wild
1: then. <laughs> i think i found you first um because of your peter cosplay which was so <laughs> unique and i felt like i still feel like really nobody does it and that's awesome
2: oh peter is near and dear to my heart not the actual i should i should say that i sh- not the actual character peter because like obviously peter is a complicated and kind of controversial character But like making Peter into a cosplay and yeah, that's been really fun. Well, and that's what that's one of the reasons (laughs) I absolutely adore you
0: and your Peter cosplay specifically is because so much of the time because Peter is like, in the end, like an antagonist and a a character who makes bad choices, it's Mm -hmm. easy to demonize him from the start and be like well he wasn't you know he was kind of the marauders punching bag like they weren't really I friends with him know, and there he wasn't though yeah and there, there are book interactions with them later where they're kind of like serious and james are teasing him but it's like it's not like it's not like malicious it's like how you would tease your little brother and like mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's still a problem but you know if the marauders didn't really love peter if he wasn't really their friend they wouldn't have included him in the you know the plot to become magi and making yeah. the map like he wouldn't have been included his inclusion and in all of that is evidence of about his place in the group of the four boys like he was really their friend and i love yeah. that you, you showcase that and also sort of like make satire and parody of the fact that he like is totally a traitor also <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah for sure because like I mean, Remus didn't tell, even Dumbledore, didn't tell anybody about the Animagi thing, even after, like, Sirius Black escaped from prison, and that was, like, a really big deal. Like, oh, we should be looking for, like, a dog, because you're probably using, like, Remus didn't tell anybody, but, like, Peter still knew, and that was, like, a secret that was, like, obviously, they were all prepared to take to the grave and included Peter in that, so, like, he was a significant person in their lives and wasn't just, like, I don't know. People Peter gets left out like in the fandom a lot. He gets totally. left out in Marauder's chains and like isn't really included in. My, I don't know. So that's actually kind of why I started to cosplay Peter was because I just noticed like oh there's a complete with quotations complete Marauder's chain but like they hadn't done Peter yet. So I was like I'll just tack on something to the end of that and that's how that's how that started. Yeah, yeah
0: Peter,
1: Peter. I think it's awesome. <laughs> and we're really big on. Like examining the nuance of characters here. And I think Peter's really interesting to sort of like bring into that fold as well. Of a person who became so bad, but obviously didn't start that way. So
2: definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's my favorite character type is the ones that can't really be sorted into good or bad. Like Like, ambiguous, morally ambiguous characters is totally your jam. My brand. (laughs) do. it's so good and on- honestly like most I think pretty much all of the characters are morally ambiguous in some way because none of them are like completely pure angel maybe Neville I don't know like I <laughs> <laughs> like Neville and Luna are like the two that are like they're actually just like really good people but yeah everybody else is a little messy yeah we honest. talk about that a
0: lot it's like it's like you know if we looked at regular real life humans as like either being all good or all bad like all of us would be in the all bad category based on you know choices we've made in our lives and stuff but like people are nuanced and so are characters so we should Mm -hmm. we should absolutely examine the negative parts of characters and be like this is why this isn't good but Mm -hmm. at the same time taking that and just labeling somebody purely as evil is like is is so is operating on a binary
2: For sure. And it's so like I get really uncomfortable with that dynamic because like being comfortable with labeling people as good or bad with no in between. It's like you have to categorize yourself into that as well. Like that kind of thinking like you can't just be a hypocrite and be like, well, I can be complex and everybody else can't. But if like we only exclusively think of ourselves as morally like good people then like there's no room for growth there it's like I think of myself as a good person or a bad person which is just depressing like and then there's nothing to do and there's no room for like I need to fix this stuff in my life that's problematic and so I don't know I I get uncomfortable with the good and bad narrative that I mean honestly Harry Potter is that's kind of written into the background because like we have Gryffindor being the good guys and Slytherin being the bad guy or that's how it's portrayed a a lot of instances and it's just not how real life works (laughs) I
1: cannot agree more these you're like preaching to my choir (laughs) Ah, I'm so glad (laughs) um Stuff so with me that. Going. Yeah, me too. So with that we are actually doing a Q&A. So we asked you guys for questions um listeners and people responded via email, TikTok and Instagram and we got so many questions more than we will possibly be able to get to in one episode, but I guess to kick it off kind of along the same vein of that conversation we got a question on Instagram from Dominga Martinez and she said who's the villain you hate the most Umbridge doesn't count and then she said side note for me sorry McKenna but mine would be Snape.
0: Number one Snape Mm -hmm. is not a villain. (laughs) Depends on who you talk to. Mm -hmm. But again we're not trying we're trying not to characterize characters and specifically good or bad Um, But there are a couple characters in this that you're like, yeah, that's the antagonist of the series. That's the villain. Yeah, like Umbridge.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Umbridge is a really easy person to pick out as a villain because, like, she's not, like, within the context of the world, she's not viewed as an evil person, but the reader views her as an evil person because, like, she's abusive and, like, you see all of the background things that, like, the people, like, fudge and whatever, all the people in the world don't but if that doesn't count, (laughs) or if she doesn't count, that's hard.
1: I think Voldemort's probably my favorite villain. I guess that's a cliche, but it's sort of like, he has like such an interesting backstory and there's so much there to unpack, but he's clearly obviously the villain of the story. And Mm -hmm. I would say Snape is not really a villain. He definitely has antagonistic qualities, but he is kind of He is working everything for the greater good, you know, even if you can't, like, see that apparently.
0: After being a Death Eater. Yes, Mm -hmm. after being a Death Eater, but... Which we we hope that people can change and
1: grow. Yeah, I mean, I like to believe that people are capable of changing and growing. And for the entirety of the series as we know him, he's working for the greater good.
0: That's, Mm -hmm. that's true. Um, Overall, Um, Mm -hmm. can I, can I throw out two sort of dark horse ones yeah Yeah. so i'm start i would not characterize this character as a villain but i am (laughs) starting my eyes are starting to be opened to the problematic side of albus dumbledore ah yeah especially when looking at like what happened with remus and sirius just like in the first war and in the second war just like the manipulation there is a little bit scary
2: yeah I have cried so hard over <laughs> over like the fact that I mean I haven't finished the current fan fiction that I'm reading and I haven't researched this as much as you have Aaron or McKenna like but the fact that Sirius Black went to Azkaban for 12 years without a formal trial and like like wasn't ever able to be like it wasn't me <laughs> it was literally like we're animagus people and he's a rat and he's living with the weasel like that's I don't know like there's probably I'm, I'm probably just not aware of the justification for that but like the fact that Dumbledore allowed that to happen being in the position that he was in that just yeah well and the dark side of that
0: that's it, it, scary to think about is suppose Sirius had gotten a fair trial and was not put in azkaban and and peter was found out to have been you know the one that betrayed the potters even if he wasn't caught um and sirius's name was cleared that would have presented like sirius was legally supposed to be harry's guardian if anything happened to james and lily and that would have presented a big problem for dumbledore in the ways he had to like sort of control and manipulate harry if sirius had been an obstacle protecting yeah. him. oh Just man looking out for i never him.
2: thought of that yeah oh, serious wow. would have
1: never let dumbledore groom harry the way that he did and he kind of pushes back against it when for like the very short time Sirius is in harry's life and <laughs> that obviously doesn't <laughs> last too long oh, but
2: man. the do other thing that we that? sorry, sorry. Go ahead. do you think that was like if that was a factor in like not giving Sirius a fair chance like oh man that would be I want to believe that that Dumbledore, I really
0: want to believe that Dumbledore was just like, you know, they never informed me of a switch. So he was their secret keeper. And and if Voldemort found out, it means he betrayed them. And then he killed Peter. Like, I want to believe that Dumbledore thought that, but also Dumbledore is a really smart man who just has an extra insight into many situations. And it's just, it's just scary to think about. And the other thing is like, even Remus getting hired as a professor is like like yeah. he, he could have been hired previously to teach these classes, but he was specifically hired the year that Sirius was a problem because Dumbledore knew that Remus would now have a vendetta against Sirius and would be an extra line of defense between Dumbledore and Harry. Uh,
2: oh, I can't
0: messy! It, I it can't is messy. The other, the other dark horse this isn't a person we consider a villain in the series because they're working on the side of the ministry but um just along the lines of Sirius's trial and his this character's own personal sort of um stuff and the way it gets in the way of justice Barty Crouch senior
2: yeah oh yeah not seen as a villain
0: but like yeah the way he handled Sirius's trial and just like You know, Sirius went to Azkaban, but so many Death Eaters got off by pleading the Imperious Curse. And then the whole thing, uh, we're going to get into this with Goblet of Fire, so I won't give too many details, but like just how he treated his son's own crime is really messy and and corrupted. So, Uh How he treated
1: a Winky? Justice for
0: Winky. Justice for Winky! Honestly, oh
2: man. Anyway. That's... Now I'm all like, I'm all in my fired up. <laughs> I just can't, uh, I, yeah, because I, I never, I never despised Dumbledore really until I started really understanding the Marauders era stuff that went on. And now I'm just like, how could you like how could you let that happen and oh it's it's so tragic
1: he's the ambiguous puppet master
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and and we've talked about him a lot and like examined him a lot and we're going to continue to on the podcast but like just Mm -hmm. the at the end of the day Dumbledore's end goal is to defeat Voldemort and that is a noble goal but like at what cost
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well I think we see what cost (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah. it's it's interesting
1: he's literally willing he's literally willing to sacrifice harry like that's the cost you know Uh it's crazy it's
2: like gellert grindelwald vibes all the way (laughs) yeah well Um, (laughs) annika you should start cosplaying grindelwald Uh, fat cat black lisa is called oh that's right and you do young Uh, dumbledore yeah and we're doing yeah we do we do We're in love in every universe. You
0: guys, you guys make the best cosplay couple in no matter what ship you're working on.
2: Oh, it's so fun! I can't believe
0: it. Every time I'm like, that it's like that. It's like that that TikTok audio that's like that never misses. They never miss. That's that. That's what comes to (laughs) mind. It's
2: fun, yeah. Uh, I yeah. I started cosplaying Dumbledore before I really understood the ambiguity of his character and so but like now I'm really love more I do and I I know I love him so much more. I hate him but I love him I yeah there are so many characters like that in Harry Potter one character that I feel like people have just made into a who's a villain objectively who've, who's kind of made into not not necessarily a meme but Bellatrix like Bellatrix has a lot of people cosplay Bellatrix a lot and like she doesn't receive half the flack that like characters that are more morally ambiguous do and I think like that's such an interesting thing like people can cosplay the the definite villains so much more easily than they can cosplay people who are like a little bit messy and a really interesting assessment yeah like there are so there are accounts like dedicated to hating certain characters and then there are like people who like cosplay Voldemort and Bellatrix and it's like oh that's fine because like we we're all on the same page but like the controversial ones oh it's such a fight I love it yeah I've
1: it's- seen Bellatrix sexualized a lot in cosplay which is that's true yeah I feel like I-, I don't know sometimes the um the evil characters get the like they're like romanticized a little bit too much in like mm-hmm. uh I don't know <laughs> a
2: particular yeah. way I feel like it's a harder line because they're like all the evil characters except for like draco depending on what point you're at in the series they're all like of age <laughs> so like it's i don't know if not necessarily like it's fine but it's like less messy because they're not like little kids anymore that's true we we're not <clears throat> cool with minors being
0: sexualized but it, there is a little bit of fetishization yeah uh, sometimes i'm true. like but mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It it these things are also interesting to like think about, yeah. especially just in the uh, Harry Potter Renaissance that we're going through right now yeah. <laughs> as a fandom. I mean,
2: it, wild times for sure. It's...
1: And the way TikTok has just like totally changed the landscape of all of these things. I don't know. I feel like you used to have to like go into the deep, dark depths of Tumblr yeah. to like find you know, very specific viewpoints. And I sort of feel like TikTok is this like big melting pot of a lot of like really different Harry Potter viewpoints and ideas, but it's also much more mainstream now.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting because like things like ideas keep formulate and like last week, that's like a radical idea. And then this week it's like, oh, wow, that's everybody knows about it. That's like, basically fan in now and yeah tiktok is a really interesting format to three things on yeah sorry <laughs> yeah
0: shall um, we move on to another question Yes. Yeah. can i pick can i pick one a little bit down the list this is yeah, from yeah. gingerbread814 this is our buddy katie um and she said this is especially for Ani what do you think happened that led to Peter betraying his friends how did they reach that point oh man now I'll preface uh, I'm gonna let Ani answer this question but I'm gonna preface this we don't have any canon information on like an inciting incident that led to Peter betraying his friends so so (laughs)
2: everything we're about to discuss is all theoretical exactly yeah I so like what is generally accepted as the truth is that Peter is a coward and prioritize his own self-safety and was like self-preservation above like protecting his friends and whatever. Um, and I think generally I'm like, I think I actually think that that's probably what happens, but I really like, I actually I wrote a series on TikTok and then never po- like posted it. Cause I was like, this was like back when I, only posted meme things I only ever posted things ironically I was like funny TikTok that's what I'm about and I then I just made this really dark sad series about Peter and about why he portrayed his friends um and like the main plot point was that like he was in love with a person who was in Slytherin who eventually ended up a Death Eater and then like got sucked into it that way Mm. um because like Peter is never given a love story ever and well like some fanfics kind of like include little tidbits of wormfoot. foot <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man so cursed
0: i only do wormfoot foot um, content with annie anyway continue. oh man anyway, continue.
2: <laughs> wormfoot foot for people who don't know is um me, <laughs> my attempt at ruining wolf star <laughs> me inserting myself into that little love situation and having peter in serious black fall in <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> it's so cursed it's, it's the so worst true. thing ever um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure we're the only videos under the hashtag worm foot. so oh my God. You know, check it out. <laughs> um, just plugging like awful hashtags. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, like I feel like there was, I want to believe that there was something bigger that made Peter do what he did instead of just like he was afraid and so he betrayed his friends because he wanted to not be killed by Voldemort which is like a valid reason kind of but I don't know I like the idea that there was something bigger than that going on like he was in love or like complex yeah but in what we know and what is in what we're able to know like he was probably just a coward but I like to believe that he was more complicated than that There's nothing that says it
0: wasn't. It's true. (laughs) McKenna, do you have a theory?
1: No, but I kind of think it's interesting you're saying from what we know, because I always try and remember, especially through this reread that we're doing for the podcast, that Mm. basically everything we know through the book is from Harry's perspective. And so I think a lot of sort of these complexities we might be void of because Harry's only seeing it from one particular way, and he's seeing like, you were my parents' best friend and you were a coward. And it sort of doesn't even matter what any of the other reasons are why you did what you did. It was cowardly and my parents are dead because of you. And so I I think it would be interesting if we saw this story from other perspectives that aren't Harry's perspective because we might get a lot more intricacy and complexity um, but it's almost impossible for, I mean, how old is Harry in Prisoner of Azkaban, 13? You know, it's almost impossible for a 13 year old boy to really grasp anything that these folks have been through especially in light of the first wizarding war and why peter might have made the choices that he made he's only seeing it for face value
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: i think if i'm gonna make if i'm gonna make like an educated guess you know we know that the death eaters war and voldemort were like pressuring other members of the order of the phoenix to join the ranks and there are characters such as the potters and the Longbottoms who would have been able to resist that pressure probably longer than Peter would, because, you know, saying Peter's a coward is correct, but it's almost like too vague. Like Peter, Mm -hmm. Peter's Peter, like manifests as a coward because his thing is he always needs to ally himself with somebody stronger than him that can protect him. What he really wants is like protection. Um, And I think either he understood that he wasn't going to get that anymore from his friends and could instead get that from the other side Mm
2: -hmm. or
0: the other side sort of singled him out as somebody who was going to crack and who, who would, you know, because of the desire to like have the self-preservation would be more likely to work with them. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was manipulated a little bit. Um, Probably. He was probably manipulated a lot. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my educated guess. But as far as an inciting incident, we have no idea.
2: Yeah. Make it up Is in it... your
0: fan fictions.
2: Yeah, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and then let it's us read them. <laughs> I wonder, like, going off of the, like, people perceived him as, like, the weak link to, like, try to manipulate that particular person, like, Peter, into something like i wonder if there was like a person who knew him from hogwarts like being like oh this is the weak link that's this is our in uh that probably because there were I mean, a person the
0: that knew him from hogwarts person yeah. could have been
1: snape for all we know who Honestly. like had a weird obsession with the marauders and oh
2: yeah you know, their
1: group dynamic
2: that's a yeah. really interesting theory too oh that makes the whole <laughs> the whole snilly situation that much more well, <laughs> Tragic. I am not a snilly shipper. Oh, I'm not I a snilly shipper. Nobody's either. a snilly. This is one thing I do have to say though. I I personally I I don't think I could ship snilly either. But like I believe that ships like the concept of a ship is like an alternate universe thing anyway. So if you can create an alternate universe that compensates for all of the bad stuff that happened in the canon to make it not like abusive and gross and like consensual or make it consensual you know I think then like pretty much like most ships work whether or not like people individually choose to ship them like that or like feel it or whatever that's up in the air and whether or not it comes across as like fetishization yeah
0: i mean at the end of the day unless i draw the line at pedophilic ships that's the same that's absolutely but at the end of the day a ship is a preference so when you crap on people for who they ship Mm -hmm. i guess that's not nice um because a ship is a preference and you're right it could be like an alternate universe where some things aren't problematic if you're really if you're thinking about something from the terms of canon there are a couple ships where you're like that seems toxic but you hope that in somebody's alternate universe it's not
2: Right, yeah, well, I like Drarry is personally mo- one of my favorite ships out there because I love the enemies to lovers dynamic that's like in every single like fantasy world that I've ever read that's like been my favorite love stories the enemies to lovers and but like within the context of canon it wouldn't work it would be awful like Harry yeah. and Draco are not similar and not like they're they don't work they're enemies and they're awful to each other but I've read so many fan fictions that I've taken that and like made this beautiful redemption arc out of it. And like within the context of the fan fiction, it works really well. Yeah. But like if it's based solely on the canon, then it, it doesn't work. But and also dreary is nice because like they don't die. Spoilers. Harry and Draco <laughs> don't die at the end of the series. <laughs> and so true. like there's life to live and like years to compensate for their That's history true. stuff. And yeah, so- I guess
1: I just hope if you're a snilly <laughs> shipper in your head the version of Snape is like not racist and, you know, like pure yeah. blood ideology <laughs> like Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the most convincing snilly I I don't read snilly fan fiction, um but like the most convincing concept that I've heard of is like the time travel one where he like changes how he i don't know i maybe that's a cop-out as well because time travel could be used for a lot then but yeah. yeah what's the fun is like you get to you get to be creative mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: like how you explain things we just hope you explain them in a way that is like not toxic
2: right exactly yeah and then like that opens doors for representation also because yeah. if we're only going to be canon about things and that leaves out quite a few people um and so i don't know that's i true. Like, and i' I'm really hesitant to call people out for being like toxic about a ship unless it's pedophilia um, or incest. That's or another one. Yeah, yeah. that's also fair. Miss
1: <laughs> Smith four ninety five on TikTok wants to know who is your favorite ship.
2: Oh, oh, I mean Dreary. I love Dreary a lot because of that love, like enemies to lovers dynamic. But I have been reading. I can't, i'll just say i've been reading all the young dudes and like <laughs> wolf star it's been tearing my brain apart it's it's so beautiful also like as a queer person it's really nice to see like lgbtq the relationships and yeah it's that's been really nice so. i
1: love your um your if remus and serious raised harry series oh, oh my sorry. god it kills me it kills <laughs> it me. Hurts my heart when they're like with the high chair they're feeding him it's just it's too much to handle the
0: dinosaurs eating people audio <laughs> just like, destroyed my soul what it is soul. what's your favorite ship aaron i love as far as like what i like to break out of the canon jail read, aaron what no is i know as far as like what i like to read i love okay my favorite ship is jilly but that's like a canon that's like a can all of my favorite chips are canon chips because i'm a canon freak but it's i also understand that that excludes a lot of rep- representation i i and I, I recognize that and that's something i'm trying to work on but um i love jilly i love um the idea of black cannon i <laughs> just like with who marlene is in fanon um mm-hmm. and then i guess in you know in who we see in the series remodora those are again those are all canon ships because mm-hmm. i'm boring but they um, are good <laughs> but yeah yeah what about you mckenna
1: oh i love black canon that is like probably my number one forever and ever and always but i think i really like um there's just no good, there's no good name for this because it's either Huna or Larry, but I like <laughs> the combination of the I love... Oh, Ginny and... Ginny, or I'm sorry, or Luna, Luna and Harry? Luna and Harry,
2: yeah. yeah. That is probably Larry. Like my Larry <laughs> or Huna. <laughs> just that, depending on which one you want. That name wins. Like <laughs> if, I, if,
0: if I had to pick <laughs> a non-canon awesome. ship, I'd pick
2: Wolfstar. Yeah, I think. It's, yeah. I um I love Wolfstar so much. I... so short bottom mayu um yeah, oh. um yeah i hear sometime just like hear mayu talk about wolfstar because like my personal thoughts about the wolfstar ship have been so impacted by her she has a lot of really good things to say about after wolfstar so sure.
0: i think
1: wolfstar is so interesting considering the, like if you really were to really think about it and consider the decade in which that would be happening in and sort of like where the LGBTQ community was, you know, kind of what trials they would have to face on their own. I think there's like so much interesting things that
2: could happen with that. Especially portrayed on TikTok, I think Wolfstar has become like a thing that is reflected into the time we're living in, which Mm -hmm. I think is really awesome because like, I mean, especially with the dynamic of the Harry Potter fandom at the moment, like with the author being terrible, (laughs) I think it's cool that people are like taking Wolfstar as like a, we're- we're being represented in this way in this time period but like I also that's also one of the reasons why I, I love and hate um all the young dudes is that that dynamic is so like in my mind is so accurately represented um because it's like set in the 70s and like being queer at that time was like not a socially accepted thing um yeah it's just uh there's so much pain there and it just it it breaks my whole heart yeah yeah there we'll is and again a- go ahead yeah, like, oh yeah we'll start just like understanding all of the layers of like a like the time period that it was set in and then be like the family that Sirius came from and like the condition that that Remus was in when they met and like went to Hogwarts like ah, it's just it's such a tragic and pain-filled story which like my brain likes for some reason but also like i've been like quite depressed <laughs> about that yeah whole yeah yeah it's there's so much depth there oh my god Absolutely.
1: the fate of so many characters in harry potter is so tragic
0: it's just, oh yeah. man i have another question specifically for annika who's <laughs> from instagram from charles underscore hazel
2: how easy was it to start cosplaying oh man very easy actually I think the hardest part was like being okay with failing a bunch before something actually worked <laughs> um, because I had no idea what I was doing my friends and in, in real life not my internet friends but my friends in real life who have known me for forever have been like Annika, what are you doing like you're not good at makeup and you're not good at like te- you're not tech savvy at all, so like, why choose an activity that requires you to like contour your face and like edit videos? Like, what what are you doing? Um, and it was just like I don't know. It was a bunch of failing and like making really embarrassing videos until it started to work out. Um, and not that they were like all that embarrassing. I'm they're still on my page, but um, yeah, I mostly I don't I still don't own like a Hogwarts tie or robes I still don't own basically I I own Luna's eBay mom. eBay yes or like secondhand things yes it's super great um but yeah I just like put things together from my own closet or go thrift shopping and like like oh, James Potter would wear this shirt but so would I so like yeah hey, <laughs> win-win <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's super easy it's just like I don't know putting together your idea of a character and then like finding I think finding the audios is like simultaneously my favorite and the hardest part (laughs) because I love when I find like a sound on TikTok that's like oh my gosh that is so serious black and then like getting to formulate my ideas of how I'm gonna do the lighting and the costume and whatever um but then also like if you can't find sounds that's really annoying um yeah so It's pretty easy to start. It's when you go, like everybody's relevancy on TikTok waxes and wanes also. It's like I, some weeks I get like (laughs) less than a thousand views per video. And that's like, it sounds, that sounds like a lot compared to where I was, where I started. But like for my following, that's kind of sad. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Cosplaying is, it's about having fun and interacting with people and just being, Nerdy and creative, and living out my childhood dreams. Totally, so,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Should we yeah. do some rapid fire questions? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, we have a bunch That's here to fun. get through. um What is your favorite movie of the franchise?
2: Is this for me or yeah? For well, all? for everybody, I already okay. know Aaron's.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we talked about ours. So you go ahead. Oh, on cool.
2: With. Okay. Um, it changes all the time. First of all, I have to say that, but right now, I really like Six. Be, the half-blood prince because it's funny and there's a lot of moments. Uh, there, this is rapid fire. We don't need context. Six. The context of, is great, but yeah, yeah,
1: it is funny and there are a lot of moments. Great yeah, moments.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like it. Aaron, also,
1: can sorry, I guess yours? You Prisoner of Azkaban. Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine is also six. <laughs> oh, awesome! Hey. Yeah. It's my comfort movie. Like I watch it on repeat all the time, which is like probably really indicative of like my depressive personality because the end (laughs) is so sad, but it's
2: true. But, like, the the beginning and the, like, I love Six because, it's and the book as well, like, nothing super dramatic happens until the very end. It's, like, the first year where, like, they're not in the Triwizard Tournament and, like, there isn't a killer on the loose and the Chamber of Secrets isn't exploding. It's just, like, a normal year and, like, they get to experience Hogwarts. And for some reason I was like, oh, this is comforting because, they like, nothing way too dramatic is happening except for, like, they're suspicious of Draco and, like until the end but yeah. yeah and then the end is like devastating <laughs> well, obviously yeah. but
1: yeah the last like my husband's rereading the books like with me but he's he just finished half-blood prince and he was kind of like this book is good and you get so much like in-depth knowledge which is so mm-hmm. fabulous and then he got to the last like 400 pages or i guess more like 200 pages of the book and he was like oh my god <laughs> that was just like a cascade of plot <laughs> yeah oh
2: Halfway so i'm prince. with you half Blood prince is the best okay um favorite character oh, oh of no. right now <laughs> oh no probably remus lupin because hell yeah all the young dudes <laughs> like again it changes it changes it was draco a few months ago not because of tom felton not because fan and of draco a fan and draco yes all of all of the dreary fan fictions that i wrote or that i read yeah anyway but yeah right now it's remus lupin um Aaron yeah. is
0: yours also Remus Lupin? Remus is my favorite character and like weirdly Sirius is my comfort char- comfort character like I don't know why that's different in my head I think it's because like I identify with the fact that Sirius is kind of a mess as a human <laughs> um, but yeah
2: that's so interesting okay I have this like with Sirius Black and Remus Lupin I kind of like identify personally with Remus and then like Sirius Black is like my type of person that I like see myself falling in love with and marrying and spending forever with which is like problematic because Sirius is like all over the place but like that's like my type of person so I don't know the fact
0: yeah it's yeah and some people say like the character you identify with is like often because the character that they're like sometimes paired with is is like your ideal mm. partner and i don't think that's the case i don't know if, anyway but that's <laughs> that's something i've heard
2: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's super interesting wolf star man it'll get you <laughs> all right what
0: other rapid fire questions oh mckenna who's your favorite character
1: oh yeah i'm also it's so lame but i'm also gonna say probably remus right now I've... <gasps> yeah, and, and like my other to that like my other character which is so stupid because she like literally probably her name appears like twice in the whole book would be Marlene <laughs> and that's because I really think this is so stupid and like so nerdy to but say have a Marlene. Mm-hmm. Marlene like got me through quarantine I just mm-hmm. have this like running scene in my head of like Marlene listening to Fleetwood Mac and like Serious and bell-bottoms, and I just like have this 70s fantasy going through my mind at all times. You gotta when, write a fic! When I like go, when I'm like really stressed, I just like disassociate to my happy place, which is like them listening to like Queen in her bedroom and just like being oh, in love, and that's just like my warm fuzzies.
2: I kid you not, the last four nights, like recently, the last four nights, I have spent until one in the morning dancing in my bedroom with headphones in to queen <laughs> because I mean I just cut my hair and I'm just I feel like a rock star so like you are so, a rock star like that's a vibe so so valid because that's been the last four nights of my life
1: yeah I just like see her in my head with like a record player I don't know It just like it just lives in my head rent-free and it's honestly it's just where I go and things get really stressful I'm just like so Switch into nineteen seventy-eight. Let's go to the Marauders.
0: Maladaptive daydreaming is a coping mechanism, and I can relate.
1: Sure, my therapist, if he was listening, would be like, "Oh my god, let's (laughs) let's dissect this." Um. Okay, I think I think we already answered that one. What is your Patronus?
0: A fox. Cute. It's adorable. Mine's a fox terrier.
2: Hey, you you hunt me
0: yeah I, oh, man.
2: <laughs> I hope not we're not friends anymore
0: oh, oh based
2: on our patronuses oh man i i don't know I'm mine is a like heron it.
0: like the bird it's so majestic
2: very majestic um, actually technically based on Pottermore which i don't base anything in my life on <laughs> but based on Pottermore my patronus is a hedgehog That's so cute. You know what?
0: And you know, as far as Pottermore and Wizardingworld.com go, the sorting quiz I feel like is is pretty pretty good, but the Patronus one seems so random. random. Maybe maybe I should choose a different Patronus.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I also self-assigned my Hogwarts house. So there you go. What what is your house? We didn't ask you you at the time. I can choose. I am a Slytherin actually. Um can I give a Slytherin? I'm here. in the common hey, room right now. Hey, I, I noticed it's beautiful. Like there's baby. <laughs> wait, wait, there's baby. Yoda, baby baby Yoda. Although I I am disappointed a little bit with the with the common room situation because it seems so bleak. And I really do like the cozy vibes of Gryffindor and Hufflepuff but the cool part is the
0: windows with the lake
2: yeah that's uh, really see awesome the, that is yeah. true I that saw the true.
1: funniest um TikTok you guys probably saw it too but it's like the accountant is talking to Salazar Slytherin like every house got the equal budget but somehow your common room looks like this and all of your money is gone and like Salazar <laughs> Slytherin's thinking about his giant chamber he built with <laughs> all
2: of the funds for the I did not room. even see that you're gonna have to it's send so that so funny that is amazing, oh man!
1: It's like how do the pure blood elite rich people like live in this drab situation? What's well, because all of their money went to their pure <laughs> blood dungeon
2: oh boy Dang. that's that's unfortunate. Too if you lived
1: us. in the Harry Potter universe, who would be your friends? What would be your favorite classes, and what would you do with your spare time?
0: Can I choose to live in the marauders era?
2: You can live in any era you want go you go first on. Wait, can you repeat? I I got hung up on the friends situation, and then I forgot to think about the rest.
0: (laughs) If you lived in the Harry
1: Potter universe, this is from Reading Night. Who would be your friends? What would be your favorite classes? And what would what would you do in your spare time? Oh boy,
2: this is hard. I don't think I saw this one. I got to peek at the questions, but I don't think I read this one. Um, I think erin if you have a good answer you should go first because so th- that's <laughs> fine
0: um i like to think i would if if i could choose to like be there during the marauders era i like to think i would be friends with the marauders i'd probably be friends just personality wise with lily and i probably would be really annoyed by the marauders um favorite class probably i'm a nerd so history of magic and or frog choir just based on like my real life and then what would I do in my spare time um I think I'd like walk around outside a lot the grounds are so beautiful and Scotland is wonderful um yeah so depending on weather would you play Quidditch oh yeah I would totally try out for the Quidditch team I was a jock in high school
2: so nice nice yeah Oh man, this is so hard because uh, there. Are, I feel like it would be really fun to be friends with Fred and George, but I don't think I'm like quite that outgoing. Like I- I'm an outgoing person, I think, but like, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's uh, there's a difference also between f- the chaotic level of Fred and George versus the Marauders because they have Remus to like kind of ground them. And Fred and George, <laughs> I just feel like are like bonkers all the time. I don't know. I think I would be really good friends with Remus. I think I would be. I think I would be good friends with Luna also, but like not because we're similar, but just because like I feel like I would float around in different friend groups with like that also. Um, favorite subjects. I think charms sounds really fun. I think I don't know. I think Transfiguration also sounds... I would want to be an Animagus. I would really want to do that. That would be fun. So Transfiguration probably. And then in my spare time. Oh, this is so hard. (laughs) Probably Quidditch also because I like the idea of flying. Um, I'd probably be one of the kids to like be like screw the rules I'm going into the forest and checking that out but also with Luna so like (laughs) like go feed
0: the thestral. yeah
2: yeah I see you being
0: buddies with the with the silver trio
2: yeah that would be cool I think I would like that yeah I think that would be a good thing (laughs) yeah I don't know that was not articulated well but it's hard
0: it's hard to choose so hard
2: yeah it's hard
0: what kind of what do you think
1: Um, so I guess if I was in, um, the Marauders era, like, I probably would have been friends with Snape, I think, because I always just love, like, I feel like I've always just kind of gravitated towards, like, the smart sort of, like, weird people, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I just feel like, yeah, I probably would have been friends with him. I probably would have felt bad for him. (laughs) And then, um, I guess if I was in, like, the era of the Golden Trio, I probably would have wanted to be friends with Fred and George I know that's very opposite spectrum but I think that's where I would land and I definitely would rock potions and probably ancient runes and I think I would spend my spare time um tending to some plants and probably in dueling club
2: yeah nice yeah that's awesome
1: um which character would you save from death this is from oh. abby and pink she <laughs> really hit you with that, that, gives that quick gives me
0: anxiety yes, we get one
1: yeah one character
0: serious black
2: serious <sighs> black that death that death traumatized me I literally uh-huh. when I read that for the first time I was in fifth grade I think
0: I think I was too. Um,
2: yeah and I read it And then I had to go to horse camp, horseback riding camp. That was a one-time go. I'm not a horse person, but I remember being so sad the entire time. I couldn't get over it. Like I couldn't get over every other death in the series. I was like, that's really sad. But like I sunk into a fifth grade depression over Sirius Black's death. And since reading um, all the young dudes, I'm not spoiling anything because I haven't finished it, but like knowing what's coming with all the young dudes I've <laughs> sunk back into that place that I was in in fifth grade, and it's just so traumatic. Just, uh, yep serious black. I have such a hard time
0: because <clears throat> my heart says either Remus or Tonks for Teddy.
2: Hmm.
0: But Teddy had Andromeda, and Fred had so much left to do. Oh, man. <sighs> So it's so hard for me. Also serious. Gosh darn it. It's so hard.
2: You're thinking like altruistically. Like you're like oh Teddy and you know people who ha- I was like personally I just want Sirius <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just want Sirius <laughs> Black Girl, to continue the rest existing. Of <laughs> no yeah yes, same. If Selfishly mine would be probably Sirius or Remus as well. Mm-hmm. Um, McKenna? <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. I'm actually not
1: gonna say Snape but okay. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um i think snape had to die i think he had to die when he died i feel like it was the right end for him i know there's a lot of people who are like oh i wish he had like a full character arc but i feel like the way it was was just right for him um i wish draco had a better like resolution in the end
0: but draco anyway. draco and scorpius are the best part of the cursed child
1: yeah that, that's true carry least, the whole that thing that is the
0: only part i accept as canon
1: yeah, they carry the whole thing. Um, who would I say? Oh, I, definitely Fred. That, was the mo- that remains the most heartbreaking death for me. Mm. Um, and probably Dobby because, like, Dobby didn't deserve death. Dobby she deserved died. life at the Shell Cottage forever.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dobby.
0: That one really got me as well. I was a mess reading Dobby and actually also Dumbledore. Serious mm-hmm. Black, I was just like in shock. Like I couldn't deal. Like I went mm-hmm. catatonic.
1: When I first read Dumbledore, it like shook me to my core. I, like I cried for days. But I think now rereading, I'm not gonna cry for Dumbledore. And that's just like how it's gonna be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Dirty Potato. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> what?
2: We already answered that one. <laughs> is that the username? Yeah. That is the best username.
1: He Newton seventy one ninety seven said, "Do you think when an animagus switches back and forth, their clothes stay on?
0: Canonically, yes, except in that one scene in Prisoner of Azkaban where Peter like leaves his clothes, and also when he oh, like yeah. escapes when he escapes after framing Sirius and leaves his clothes. Yeah, so like I maybe it's a choice. I maybe will say-
2: Peter's just like." talented I guess you can like, like well he's also maybe he's just not so talented tall. he never he never like learned how to keep the clothes on or something I could also see that being a thing that's true like everybody um, else mastered it and he was like oh I've never got the clothes part I will say as far as
0: what I've read I don't think you can keep your wand when you transform oh, interesting. what would you
1: do if it just like drop it in the
0: usually Forest. like leave it in a place where you know you're going to find it again so like I, I guess in the case of the boys when they were at school they would just like leave it in their dorm
2: i, wow. I have a clarifying question do you need your you don't need your wand to transform though obviously because sirius transformed in azkaban correct but i'm under the impression maybe this is wrong that you need your wand to operate though that's correct okay so that's like correct. certain th- certain magic things like you need you need your wand for okay mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah right. um
1: Shannon O'Reilly says do you think Tonks was the right match for Remus
0: <laughs> sorry I shouldn't go answer. Ahead. <laughs> no
2: heck no <laughs> um I mean yeah and Remedora, beautiful ship I like I like that within the this is me speaking in fanon terms right now this isn't canon because I know like in canon like it's a really beautiful thing like Remus lost so much and Tonks lost Sirius and whatever and like it's great that they were able to like heal together cool but I as a queer person always viewed Tonks as a queer person and as of more recent events view Remus as a queer person as well (laughs) and so like I don't know I think I saw this one post I don't remember who did it um but they were like jk rowling saw that she accidentally wrote two queer characters and they were like oh no better make them married so that nobody's gay and so i after seeing that i was like kind of valid (laughs) yeah so i i i know not everybody ships wolf star and i know that not everybody like and also like queer women in harry potter like there aren't there's Dumbledore for queer men, which doesn't, that doesn't count because that was after the fact. But like the representation for queer women or like potentially queer women is so much less than... It's zero. It's like Tonks is the only one. And who are you... Like I made a TikTok series, like Flonks, like Fleur and Tonks, just because there's like nobody else in her age range to ship Tonks with. And oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating.
0: It is. No, it is frustrating. I... As somebody who really likes Remedora, I, I absolutely, you know, you can argue that that Remus and Tonks were queer-quoted quoted characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, If we're looking at, like, logistics of, like, could Tonks have, like, you know, been with, like, Charlie instead? Or, like, you mm-hmm. know, Fleur, or, like, somebody closer to her age who was, like, you know, a, like, at her level in life yes um and you know the whole thing about remus being like i'm too broken for you but i think Mm -hmm. the like the effect that tonks does have on remus and she loves i mean in the in canon in the context of canon she loves him and Mm -hmm. i think that the effect she has on him is really beautiful
2: yeah like him wanting to
0: be like oh somebody can love me Mm -hmm. is beautiful yeah Um,
2: I think how it ended up like it provides the canon does provide enough context towards the end for that to be like a very valid, like, good ship. Um, It's just like leading up to when like we found out like in the sixth book that Tonks was in love with Remus I was like finally there's a character that's like different and not like there's a girl who's not super feminine and like awesome and then like it felt like that whole narrative was just like kind of tossed aside to be like oh now she's like the person who now she wants to be married yeah which like is valid like it's super valid but like that's just like not where I saw the story going when I was reading it and I was like oh darn (laughs) well I almost identified with that character, but whatever. Wow.
1: Yes. <laughs> I kind of feel that yeah. way about Ginny a little bit. Like she's so headstrong and so tough and so not mm. like overly feminine. And then
2: <laughs> movie Ginny happened. Oh, oh my god, movie oh.
1: Ginny is the worst. But we
2: love Bonnie Wright.
0: We love the oh, actor. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Oh totally. yeah, for sure. But the,
0: the the writing of the character is is awful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um mm-hmm.
1: Reading night says, if you had a time-turner, what would you do with it?
2: In this world or in the world of Harry Potter?
1: I think in the world of Harry Potter, but it was left vague. Okay. If I had a time-turner in Harry Potter, I would go back and punch Draco
2: myself. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. That's fair. I would... I would... Every time somebody died, I would be like, hold on. Rewind a few seconds. Let's stop that. Push Sirius so should... out of the way of the veil. Yeah, honestly. I Okay, never mind. I'm, never mind. That's too much spoilers. I'm writing a fan fiction right now, and it <gasps> has to do with with timey-wimey things and the veil and whatever. But anyway. Uh, Maybe I would get
0: Marlene out of the house. Oh. <laughs> Marlene...
2: Yeah. Just, like, Um, go back and be, like, don't make Peter your secret keeper. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Don't
0: trust Dumbledore as much as you trust Dumbledore. You know what, actually, though, not to go on too much of a tangent, but in the event that Sirius had stayed the secret keeper, so the Fidelius charm is super-duper complicated, but one of the things Mm -hmm. is the secret cannot be revealed by, like, coercion or forcing it out of somebody. It can only be revealed willingly. Mm Mm-hmm. So if Siriot had stayed the secret keeper, even if they had, like, tortured him, he would not have revealed the secret and he would have been killed.
2: Yeah. I mean, tragic. Very tragic ending. Yeah. But, like, also. Then Harry Potter, the whole Harry Potter series wouldn't have happened. Because, like. Yeah. Gotta, like, do it for, gotta do it for plot.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we no. shield the long bottoms with our time turner so that Bellatrix oh. wouldn't torture them and Neville yes. have his
2: mom and dad. That's awesome. <laughs> Neville's Neville okay here's there's so much so many interweaving parts here but Neville Neville is like in my mind Neville is this pure character and like one of the very few actually like good people in the series and like I am a person who appreciates the context to understand Snape's character but the one thing that pisses me right off about Snape's character is that Snape was Neville's worst fear when Bellatrix was the person who like primarily tortured his parents into madness like that was the one that's also a thought that I gained from from short bottom Mayu she was like but also like because I I was in this space where I was like I people are hypocritical about the whole James and Snape situation being like James isn't a bully but Snape is this awful person that we should cancel I was in a really bad headspace about that whole situation and then Mayu was like but this and I was like okay yeah the fact that Snape was Neville's fear that still messes me up just a bad educator we've talked we talked
0: about it yeah when we're reading prisoner Mask, maybe just not a good teacher yeah
1: i yeah. mean dumbledore really sacrifices like the education and mental health of like an entire generation of students basically just so he can have snape under his nose and like, and watching also, like him closely. yeah exactly yeah it's- but yeah i always i mean i always think and I really stand by this that Snape just like had a really traumatic past and he didn't deal with it very well. And he just, because of that lacks like any sort of emotional intelligence to be able to like regulate his own feelings and have like an adult response to anything. And so I think that like, he takes it out on the kids a lot, which is obviously not okay, but I sort of think that that's the uh, rationale.
2: Yeah. I can't, I don't really, I don't personally make excuses for older Snape. I will, I will go to bat for younger Snape with the whole Marauders era thing. I still think, like all the young dudes, has honestly made me a James fan, like because James portrayed very well in that series. Um, but I'm still on the with like moral ambiguity situation. I'm still, I still think that James was a bully. I don't think that James was just a bully, and I don't think he stayed a bully. But I think like the one scene at the lake that was like a clear indicator of like behavior that he was comfortable engaging in. Mm -hmm. Sorry, this is also controversial stuff on TikTok right now. So like I'm like nervous talking about this, but these are just my thoughts. Um, And like, I people are like people have tried to like discredit that memory of Snape. And be like that's not a real memory that like it's biased because it was from his point of view and whatever and like had a skewed view of who the marauders were but like also I think that's how Snape perceived the situation going because it was his memory and like if it was any other character we would be like yeah like we believe you we believe that you were assaulted by these people who hung you up in the air by your ankle or whatever but like because it's Snape I think it's a lot more controversial. I don't remember where I was when I started that whole thought but there it is I don't know I'm not a person who will like defend Snape for the things that he did but I think like context and like his animosity with the marauders was some- is something that's important to understand when we're deciding if he's like this awful evil character versus like this passable what like he's not either he's he's in the middle the whole time yeah Yeah. i
0: totally agree i've got a good one lara bgr on instagram if you could adopt any magical creature which one would it be oh i'd want a niffler (laughs) i love nifflers.
2: they're so cute just i feel like it'd be a handful
1: yeah for sure but it would be no worse than my cat (laughs)
2: i that's want a true. dragon but i want it to be like game of thrones dragon so i can ride it around but that's a different fandom so that doesn't work uh, <laughs> yeah you can have that. a dragon except that i want a hippogriff oh uh, yeah that's a good idea have a hip or a, or a thestral yeah easier or if you unicorn. can see it yeah <laughs> it's like I, but I easier could... but also
1: unfortunate if you can see it
2: you dark yeah. i would be able to see thestrals though so like that would Oop. be fine that's a lot of personal stuff but yeah <laughs> um yeah i like cool. i
0: like that's i true. like that answer i like dragon i yeah, like that's, dragon. I mean,
1: that's very luna
2: yeah Uh give me luna vibes ani oh gee <laughs> someday i'll cosplay luna maybe i don't know pandora love good was so good i yeah i got it I she has short hair now though, so I got to figure something out. Why doesn't but Pandora could have totally have short hair? It's true. It's true. I just like changed Pandora's look so many times. Like, oh my god! And I've I've only cosplayed her twice. And like one time it was long, long hair, and then the next time it was anyway. This, yeah, yeah.
1: Kara Leco says, "If you could be in any moment from the books, which would it be, and why?"
0: That's so hard. I would choose the Quidditch World Cup. Oh, that'd be super fun.
2: On like a really small, funny scale, I would love to be in the room whenever McGonagall and Umbridge are like arguing about stuff because I just it's think like of games. so much, like so much glee from watching those in- interactions. That would, that be-, would be
1: fabulous.
2: That would be great.
0: (laughs) I do not know how I want to answer this question.
1: Also, the boats in your first year coming up to the castle, like that would be a magic movie moment. Yeah. Aaron, anything? I don't know how to answer this question.
0: Yeah. Tell me why the first thought in my head was a feast in the Great Hall.
2: (laughs) Because food is delicious. Food. food. That would be Um, like watching it appear, also. That would be so nice yeah plus Just to see like that anything i could be in the be castle fun. yeah yeah
1: i'm with you i think that would be really fun I like castles <coughs> um never too old to fangirl same hey. <laughs> said what do you think harry should have named his children
0: <laughs> oh. james Sirius. valid yeah i like Lil that Luna, one. valid although minerva mcgonagall deserved a shout out in there Hmm. I
1: Somebody think he should... could have skipped Severus, to be honest.
0: You, coming from you, that's big. Um, yeah, I'm just like think about how much Hagrid
1: like did for him throughout his whole life. Yeah, so... but also like my favorite argument for this question is like Ginny has a family too, Harry. Like, couldn't we have named literally any one of your three children after anybody from Freaking Ginny? Fred? Yeah, Fred. Like, exactly. Are you kidding? <laughs> like or like any of her brothers who were heroes during the war or like her father who is like Arthur is one of the most underrated characters of the entire series and he's literally incredible from like moment one or her Mm -hmm. mother who was awesome or just like literally anybody from Ginny's family like the Weasleys are one of the sacred 28 there's a whole long line of people to choose from And they all, like, chose, like, people who, like, were sort of helpful to Harry, but, like, sort of also sucked (laughs) in some ways. Like, I don't know.
0: I, full-time Nugget on TikTok made a great video where he was, like, Harry should have named one of his, like, a daughter- a hypothetical second daughter ruby yes rubius hagrid i'm like yes oh yeah. that breaks my heart hagrid, hagrid is so loyal to harry and he literally gets no credit and always gets yeah. forgotten. and that's just Thank because he's too. it's written poorly but like
2: anyway mm-hmm. yeah or like harry could have just harry and jenny could have been like there are too many people that we love and want to recognize so we're going to name our children like normal regular names not like siri or james siri not play favorites with the people in our (laughs) lives yeah we could just be like your name is joseph or i don't know yeah
1: but like how are you how are you gonna name your like was i love snape love snape i you know like i named my cat after snape i love snape but like harry didn't love snape the entire series thought he was literally evil and then Mm he just snubs so many people like what about remus who is like the one of the closest people
0: teddy is named after remus it's theodore remus lupin isn't it
2: yes but also like ako taco when (laughs) elvis severus meets neville for the first time and neville's like you named your child what now?" (laughs) oh it's edward
0: lupin teddy from edward not teddy from theodore i always mess that up yeah exactly (laughs) Like <laughs> girl rants has a hilarious skit about that too. Oh really? Oh cool. I should check yeah. that out. Yeah, th-
1: this is like one. It's one of my biggest pet peeves is like the names that that they chose. Mostly that Ginny has zero representation, and she had to push all three <laughs> of those children out of her, and her family is like snubbed and always there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace Harbone Harbon says, "What would your animagus be?"
0: Oftentimes, your
2: Animagus is also your Patronus form. Mm-hmm. And, okay, in in All the Young Dudes, it's portrayed as you don't get to choose. Your... No, you don't. Okay. Cool. That's I wasn't sure on that. So probably... Um... But if you did get to choose...
1: Yeah, if you did get to choose, what would you choose?
0: Oof. Probably a fox, because I chose that for my Patronus, too it's valid i i mean my patronus is a fox terrier i i'm just like i don't know i'm just like a large person and like i feel like occupying the body of a small dog would be really weird for me i'd want to be like a bigger dog like, like a rottweiler closer, closer to what something closer to what Sirius is or like a Bernese mountain dog like couldn't you see me as a bernie's Mountain? yeah dog? yeah <laughs> fluffy and
1: loyal oh, that's so yeah.
0: cute i love those yeah that's yeah fluffy and loyal that's me <laughs>
1: I'd want to be a
0: cat. You would make a great cat I like like McGonagall.
1: Um, okay. And then I have one final question, but this one is not from the sheet. This was a late entry, but I liked it so much. I want really want us to talk about it. I screenshotted it. So let me find it. Okay. Um. Who and how have the Harry Potter characters shaped who you are as a person?
0: <laughs> wow! Oh man! Let Annika go first. on this.
1: <laughs> I know we're all That's like so so that she doesn't so look cute. like she
2: wants to go first. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can try. I read my first Harry Potter book when I was in second grade and was instantly addicted um or like obsessed or that's all I thought about when I was like playing by myself or like that's the world that we would invent as like little elementary school friends
0: I used to literally play pretend as like Harry Potter characters
2: yeah same I had I had imaginary friends who were literally animals but they were They were people in animagus form, but, like, my imaginary friend. And they just stayed in their animagus forms. Like, I had a little hawk that would fly around that was named Rowena. And I, like, I don't know why I was a hawk. That's not canon or, like, you know, a raven. Wait, I love that. But it was. And, like, Sirius Black was one of them as a dog. Because, like, obviously I'm, I'm in love. And, yeah. So it was just such a huge part of how I grew up. And like now I, I get to keep doing that on TikTok and like cosplaying and telling stories and like writing and reading things that the fans have done. And yeah, it's been, I'm not doing a good job of explaining this, but no, it's, you are. it's been very formative to me. I think it's, yeah, it's given me the space to like explore who more of who I am also. Cause I, I don't know, this is like, I'm not going to get super into it, but, like, I grew up with in a state of mind that was, like, very non-queer friendly, and, like, that, I don't know, that wasn't super healthy, and so, like, now being able to express that within the context of something that I've always really loved and, like, talk about it with people who I love who also love Harry Potter, like, that's, I don't know, it's huge, and I it's friends and creativity and, yeah, nostalgia yeah yeah
1: that's amazing a lot
0: (laughs) yeah aaron so as yeah much like annika i i'm you know i'm like a 20-year fan like i grew up with the series um and to this day i mean when you're reading it as a kid obviously now through the lens of an adult i can see all the problems with the series but like overarching themes as a kid harry potter was the thing Like, the first form of media I consumed that was, like, you know, discrimination is evil and should be, you you know, you should stand up against it. And, like, all life is sacred. And that that combined with, like, you know, my religious views, obviously. But, um, but how has it shaped me? I'm like Harry Potter is the thing that like gave me a heart for justice, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, but which, which, and again, looking at it now, and as an adult, I'm like, I recognize all the problems that were written into the series because of the author's own internal biases. But, Mm -hmm. but, um, but like when you're reading as a kid, that's the thing I gleaned from the series. So and I now you know as an adult in quarantine who's like cosplaying on tiktok I try not to like base my personality off of it (laughs) because I'm like this isn't real it's fictional but but um but also it's like a fun space to play in as an adult like having had that growing up and I think a lot of people probably had that growing up with Harry Potter and then that's why it was such a shock and like so hurtful when the author came out and said what she said multiple times um but yeah McKenna
1: do either of you have any characters in particular that really shaped you?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's. So I I identify a lot, and this is going to sound maybe not controversial, but like people will be skeptical at first. But like Draco Malfoy's lack of character arc is problematic um but like I like the idea of Draco being a fully redeemed character after the series has ended because I grew up with Harry Potter and like was a very homophobic person because of my particular religious situation and like that was a thing that was like really really difficult for me um and like some a part of my life that I never really looked at um because of like how I was being influenced by the adults and like people in leadership in my life at the time. And so like, I identify very strongly with Draco's situation because he was like, you have, like the people were telling him like, you have to do this or your family will hate you or your family will, you might get killed or your family will get killed or whatever. Um, And like, I know like that doesn't, that doesn't justify really like joining an organization like the Death Eaters but like it provides enough context as to why Draco would have like done the things that he had done and joined that side but like I think I like the idea of Draco being a redeemed character and not actually wanting that life and being like no I actually don't stand for any of that but I was coerced into doing this because of all of these other factors because I I personally like as a queer person knowing very very well that I used to be a very homophobic person like it's a is a really really difficult headspace to live in mm. because like there's self-hatred to work through there's like anger to work through there's like a lot of depression to be like it's it's a really really sticky situation and i i want to believe that people who are in a situation like i want to believe that people can change and i think that's one thing that i that's why I love morally ambiguous characters as well, because like the morally ambiguous ones aren't decided yet. Like they're not necessarily like, you can't just be like they were bad and we can hate them comfortably because I still see that there's hope there that they could have either could have or still will be better people in the end. And like, I think I've become a better person than I was when I was in high school and going through a lot of really bad things. but yeah, I really I like the characters who they have a really complicated middle like not they didn't have good choices. Like they they made bad choices because their choices weren't good in the first place. And yeah, I don't know. So like Draco and to a lesser extent Snape because like I think he could have made better choices. <laughs> um but the ones who who didn't have a really good beginning but like have the potential to be better I really identify yeah. with those characters because otherwise I just like <laughs> and don't like myself <laughs> and I'm like I have to believe that people can change and become better yeah.
1: and gives you faith in humanity
2: yeah honestly yeah that was a lot you. more than I. oh thank
1: you <laughs> yeah thank you for yeah. opening up so much I'm like feel very yeah oh to i know your I love,
2: story. yeah i love talking about that stuff it's sometimes people are like oh okay too much information but we love
1: feelings aaron and i are big on feelings <laughs> yeah. we love to feel all feelings all the time
2: <laughs> cool we're in the right place We're this is good yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally you, understand Hannah? what you what you mean because i feel <clears throat> that way too draco was like almost indoctrinated to be hateful like he didn't know better because of how he grew up and
2: yeah he was a minor the entire time like he was a person who was living under the influence of I mean I guess technically you're of age when you're 17 but like if you've been under a certain regime for your entire life like why would you suddenly change when you're when you turn a certain age you know yeah he was
1: a product of his home his whole
2: home life yeah
1: we we talk, we've talked a lot about that and just yeah he's definitely the him in um Scorpius are the best parts of Cursed Child because you get to see a little bit of that like mm. uh, redemption for for Draco. best
0: line best line of the whole show so McKenna and I saw it on Broadway um <laughs> before we committed
1: to not give our, the author any money
0: <laughs> yeah um and we loved i mean even though the fan how the fandom feels about it it's like not canon we're like yeah kind of like read like bad fan fiction or like okay <laughs> fan fiction but but mm-hmm. the the again scorpius and draco are the best parts of it and and one of the lines that draco says he's like talking to harry and just basically they're 40 now and he's like he's basically explaining to him like you know i know you're never gonna like me because of what i did but i'm trying and you know it's it's hard and he says, it is exceptionally lonely being Draco Malfoy. I'm like, oh, oh my god, that's true. Draco. Like, so, Anika, if you haven't read it, you should read it. I have <laughs> read love, it. Haven't... You'll love Draco in there. It's a really um, quick uh... read,
1: and it's worth the Draco arc if you're like really passionate about Draco. It's definitely, cool. he's like cool. the most redeeming and best part of the whole situation.
2: Uh, I love Draco's, I love the potential for Draco's redemption arc. Uh, yeah cosplaying draco is so cathartic it's just like this could have been so good if like it had happened like it sounds like i haven't read cursed child so i i need to do that you would like Um, it i think
1: aaron any characters for you that really
0: yeah just stand out yeah and almost for the same reason as annika as far as like who i like who like shaped me growing up on and I, i mean this goes back to just them being my favorite characters but sirius and remus and remus in the in the in the way that he was a teacher, um, just like, even though that was only one year of his life, just like, no matter how he was feeling inside, which was more than likely not usually great. Um, he showed up to work and like made engaging and hands-on curriculum for kids so that they could learn. And he was really dedicated to that. And just like that selflessness, um, really Mm -hmm. impacted me. And then also just like, like Sirius not being a product of his growing up and that doesn't and you can you know you can compare Sirius and Draco all day long but like
2: mm-hmm. like you
0: know people are different and some people yeah. have the personality where they rebel and some people have the personality where they you know they go go along with it and then later realize it was wrong um yeah but like just serious like not not that I had like a hard upbringing I, I should not say that because I didn't I was very blessed and privileged but um but just like the idea that that you don't have to be a product you don't have to continue in like generational trauma and mm-hmm. like be the same person that your that your family was and your parents were mm-hmm. um, I think was very impactful to me hmm. yeah how about you McKenna
1: oh boy so I guess the I answer you
0: identify a lot with Harry
1: yeah I don't even know me before Harry Potter like I don't like even remember a time in my life when I wasn't clutching a Harry Potter book um and like when I was a kid you know I had a really very difficult childhood um and I think like Harry just like he also obviously just had a really hard home life particularly with um the Dursleys and that just really resonated to me very strongly and I remember like you know, escaping, like, my own abusive situation. I would sit in the garage with a flashlight and a Harry Potter book, and, like, that was just, like, what I did every night it was just, like, reread, power read every Harry Potter book, Um mm-hmm. and it was just, like, it was, like, my escape from reality. It just made me believe that there were better things out there in life.
0: Any final thoughts or That was a really fun discussion.
2: That was really really fun. This is so fun. Oh, I love it.
1: Yeah. You see why we podcast? It's the best. We just get a gab with each other for hours about. And you're welcome back anytime. Anytime. Oh, gee.
0: I'd love to. We love having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for dedicating your Monday night to us. We really appreciate it. Of course.
1: And thank you for being so like open and vulnerable. It's just really special. And I hope, um, I don't know. I hope like everybody has just enjoyed seeing a little bit of your heart. I think that's really Aww, amazing. Yeah. We have. Thank you guys. <laughs> Where Thank you can... so much for having me. Yeah, of course. This is so fun. <laughs> Where can the people find you on social media?
2: Oh, um, well, on TikTok, I'm queen of smarts. Just all one word smushed together. Um, And then on Instagram, I'm like not that, that active on Instagram and it's mostly just my personal account, but it's like on, on Annika A-N-A-N-A-N-N-I-K-A. I don't know why, but yeah, that's that's where I am. It's amazing. So go we'll check go, out Anika.
1: Yeah, definitely go follow her TikTok. It is such a light. It's so fun <laughs> and one of my favorite TikToks on the
2: TikTok. You're so nice. Well, <laughs> oh, this is so fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. Our this pleasure. My favorite thing to talk about. So this is perfect. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you for coming. We've really enjoyed it. This has been great.
2: Awesome. Thank you.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to our latest episode. As always, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you're not a listener on Apple Podcasts, it would still help us out a lot if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about anything you heard in this episode today, please drop us a line at our anchor profile. You can leave us a nifty little voice message there, or you can head to our Instagram at the daily Profcast, to DM us or leave us an email.